कृष्ण प्रेष्ठाय भूतले श्रीमते भक्ति वेदांत Like we are not to attach to our dress, 
which should not be attached to this body, which is actually a dress of the soul. So we don't have to worry when the body is destroyed. So that was a very beautiful analogy, very easy to understand. We also understood that how there are different types of weapons and there are weapons of fire, there are weapons of water, there are weapons of tornadoes, there are weapons of mantra, sound. There are so many varieties of weapons but none of these weapons can actually hurt or kill the soul. All these different weapons can kill the body which is made up of five elements but they cannot touch the soul. So that was another very interesting thing that we have understood from the previous sessions. We also understood that how life cannot come through some chemicals. We want to elaborate on that a little more today because it's very important to know that life is not simply some chemical combination. There is more to the existence of life. We also understood the characteristics of the soul. What is Abhyakta? What is Achintya? So how the soul is not visible to us and Achintya is inconceivable to us. And we also understood that the soul is gender neutral. The soul is neither male, neither female. The soul is gender neutral. So we should not say oh I am male. No, the body is male. The body is female. But the soul is actually gender neutral. So that's also very important for this point. So today, let's continue from a very interesting uh, discussion which Krishna had uh, stopped. Of course, he never stopped. We had stopped because of the time constraint. So we will continue from where we had stopped in the previous session. And uh, I really appreciate all the devotees here on Open Talk also who have joined me today. Thank you so much, uh, Pramod, and everybody else who has joined today. Thank you so much for joining. I really appreciate all of you for being here today and uh, participating in this discussion on the Bhagavad Gita. So I request. I request uh, Dave to come first because he was the first one to join today. So unmute yourself, Dave, and please repeat the sloka. Sloka number 26. Atachainam nityajatam. Atachainam nityajatam. Nityam vamanyasemritam. Nityam vamanyasemritam. Tatapitvam mahabhao. Mahabaho Nainam Shojitum Arhasi Nainam Shojitum Arhasi Let's do that once again. Atachainam Nityajatam Atachainam Nityajatam Nityam Vamanya Sevnatam Nityam Vamanya Sevnatam Tatapitvam Mahabaho Tapitvam Mahabaho Nainam Shochitum Arhasi Nainam Shochitum Arhasi Please repeat the translation. If, however, however, you think, you think that the soul is perpetually born, that the soul is perpetually born and always dies, and always dies, still you have no reason to lament. Still you have no reason to lament. Oh mighty arm. Oh mighty arm. Thank you so much. 
Thank you. Hare Krishna. So here in this particular sloka, Krishna is going to continue and explain to us that it is a very, very uh, uh, special thing. This whole understanding of the soul being nitya jatam nitya. The soul is eternal actually, and the soul is non-matter or anti-matter. We should understand this principle very important because. I think Prabhupada mentions in the purport also that how even during Krishna's time there were some class of people who thought that the soul is not spiritual but it is actually a material thing and the soul is actually created at some point of time because of some material combinations and that is how the soul comes into existence and at the point of death, the soul again goes. So this understanding is there in the society and especially if you see the Buddhist philosophy. So the Buddhists, they don't believe in the existence of the soul. They say that everything is shunya, everything is zero after death. So the five elements the earth will get mixed with the universal earth, the air will get mixed with the universal air, the ether will get mixed with the universal ether, so water in our body will get mixed with the universal water. So that is how they think. They do not have an understanding of the soul. And such people are called as Lokayatikas or Vaibhasikas. So Prabhupada explains in the purport that these people are called Lokayatikas or Vaibhasikas. People who do not believe in the existence of the soul. And this is exactly the concept of the modern scientists as well. Because many scientists today, they also talk about, in this, about the existence of life in a similar fashion. For example, Charles Darwin, he came up with this theory of origins, you know, the origin of life, the origin of uh, how life evolved and the theory of evolution he explained. You should know that there is a lot of history to Darwin before he actually came up with this theory. In his own life there were certain experiences when he used to go to the church. The church was telling them something but they did not follow themselves. The priest, the priest and the pastors were actually dominating and they were controlling the people of the congregation there. So he did not like, he thought why should people be controlled by someone else? And at a very uh, early stage of his life, he lost his very young child. So all these things created an idea that I should do something to prove that God does not exist. And that is how with that intention in his mind when he started doing research on science itself, he came up with this theory of evolution and the theory of uh, origin of life and so many things which prove, which try to prove that this existence of life is because of some chemical combination. And last session we also discussed that how there are many scientists who say that they have created artificial life. But can we create artificial life? No. Even in the laboratory, they actually just take the living cell from a man, the semen, 
and they inject it in the mother's womb and fertilize the egg. But they cannot really create the living cell. Nobody is able to create a living cell like we have. And we have billions and billions of cells in our body. And we cannot create them. It's so complicated. So we should know that life actually comes from life. It does not come from matter. This matter, this body cannot grow if the soul exits this body. Right now this body is growing because the presence of the soul. Moment the soul exists, this body will not grow. You see? See right now, when you listen to some music, the sound is not created by the soundtrack. You have a CD or you have the old, of course, the cassettes have all gone now. Some CDs are also gone. So you see, but imagine you have a CD of nice musical album that you have. The sound is not created by the soundtrack. Actually, the sound is created by a person. So we should also see that right now when I am speaking, it's not simply the body which is creating the sound. The presence of the soul makes this body create that sound. If the soul exits this body, this body cannot create any sound. So please understand this is a very important difference we should know. So Krishna is saying in this particular verse that the soul is Nitya. It is Shashwata, it is Nitya. When something is uh, Nitya, why do you have to lament? You don't have to lament, is it not? It's not a problem. Just imagine, what is the definition of a problem? Please understand this very important, okay? What is the definition of problem? Anything is called as a problem only when there is a solution. When there is a solution for something, that is a problem. So what is a problem? Problem, what you call as a problem, means a problem means it has to have a solution. Suppose there is no solution, then there is no problem. If there is no problem, then why do you have to lament? Because sometimes there are certain things which are beyond our control. There are absolutely no solution for them. So when you don't have solution for certain things, then it is not a problem only. As whenever you call, there is a problem. Problem means there should be a solution. If there is no solution, it is not a problem. So please understand this. You should not get simply overwhelmed by something which you cannot solve. Because if there is no solution for something, then it is not a problem at all. But you think there is some problem, then there is a solution. It's only a matter of finding it. Okay? So, these Vaibhashikas, these people, they promote such uh, theories of evolution and theories of origin of life from matter. Such pseudo-scientists or pseudo-religionists are many, many in this universe, in this planet, who are trying to deviate people from the actual truth. So we should understand truth from a bona fide spiritual master and from the scripture. Only then your knowledge will be very clear. But Krishna is making a very important point here. Just in case, Arjuna, if you believe the Vaibhashikas, that means if you believe that there is no such spiritual soul and you think 
that it is all the chemicals only which are creating life. Just in case Arjuna, if you believe that this this life, this life is made out of some chemicals, then do not worry. Because after that, it is only chemicals after all. Only the chemicals are destroyed. So when just chemicals are destroyed, then there is no karmic reaction. Why do you have to worry about karmic reaction? Oh, I have to suffer in the hell, like you mentioned in the first chapter. Is it not? Arjuna mentioned this in the first chapter, saying that, Oh, if I kill all my relatives, then I will incur sin and I have to suffer in the hell. But now Krishna is saying, just in case, if you think that everything is just made up of chemicals and just the chemicals are getting destroyed, then where is the question of simple reaction? There is no question of simple reaction at all. So you don't have to worry about karmic reaction. Just see, so although Krishna is not promoting this theory, but just in case, to clarify, Krishna is making all these different varieties of things. It's very interesting to know, very important to know. So this is how Krishna has explained certain things. And let's go and discuss the next shloka because that is also very interesting. And I have some very interesting things to share today uh, in the upcoming uh, verses. So Achutanji, you were the second to join. So let's repeat. So kindly chant the shloka number 27. Jatasya hiruvo Jatisya Dhruva Vrityoga Dhruvam Janma Vrityasya Dhruvam Janma Vrityasya Tasmada Pariyayate Tasmada Pariyayate Natvam Chochitum Arhati Natvam Chochitum Arhati Let's do that once again Jatasya Dhruva Vrityoga for one who has taken his birth for one who has taken his birth that is certain that is certain and for one who is dead for one who is dead birth is certain birth is certain therefore in the unavoidable discharge of your duty you should not lament you should not lament thank you so much so very interesting shloka and a very important shloka and I really request all of you to memorize this shloka as well, shloka number 27 because it is one shloka which you can memorize and it can be very handy sometimes in your life. Jatasya hi druvo mrityur druvam janma mrityasya tasmada priyayate natvam sojitam arvasi So very nice this nice way that Anybody who has taken birth, jatasya, for that person, mrityu is 
compulsory or anybody who takes birth death is certain and anybody who dies birth is certain dhruvam janma mrityasya cha for anybody who takes birth death is certain for anybody who dies birth is certain so this cycle of birth and death is what we are stuck into punarapi janana punarapi marana we are constantly rotating in this cycle of birth and death and this cycle is not like the cycle that we ride because in this cycle of birth and death there are no breaks only <laughs> there is a break but we don't have breaks right now we are simply continuously without breaks moving in the cycle of birth and death so is it not a good way good time now at least in this life to put a break to this birth and death the cycle of birth and death so important is it not so what krishna is telling basically here is when we are born we are born with a twin brother all of us twin brother or twin sister we all are born with our twin brother or twin sister and who is that death the moment we take birth this twin brother called death is also there with us please understand every time every moment that we are passing by we are living in this world is actually taking us closer to death so the twin brother is already born and don't think that this particular twin brother is what only we humans have no this twin brother called death is for each and every one from brahma to indra to indra gopa what is the indra gopa indra gopa means the insect and insect is also called indra gopa so even the king of the gods indra even he has to one day exit from this world even he has to die what to speak of indra the grandfather of all the devatas and the creator the secondary creator brahma although he lives for 3.11 trillion years if you want to make a note you can make a note 3.11 trillion years is what brahma lives how this calculation of brahma's life is done we will take this in another session going forward because it's very interesting brahma lives for 3.11 trillion years can you imagine ha that's a relativity of time i'll explain to you it's very beautiful to understand you may think oh how brahma can live for so many years and i live only for 18 years or 90 years or max to max 100 years this relativity of time can be understood with a very simple example see during the rainy season sometimes you see there will be lot of these insects the flies you know they will all come all of a sudden and they will all storm towards the light the street food especially so when they are born these insects they take birth in the morning and they start growing 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 and sometime by evening they reproduce many many children and night they all go to the light and they will keep storming at the light morning you will see them they are all dead 
So the lifespan of that insect, that moth, the whole life is just one day. In that one day, it takes birth, it grows, it reproduces, and then it enjoys, and then it dies. All its hundred years are just finished in one day, according to our time frame. So similarly, our hundred years is just a matter of few seconds or probably few moments for Brahma. That's all. We are thinking, we are thinking for hundred years, but for Brahma, oh, this is this is nothing. This is very very small time. It's just a fraction of second one. So this is how this death, although Brahma lives for 3.11 trillion years, even he has to die. Even Brahma has to die one single day. Nobody can escape. That's why I'm telling you this cycle of birth and death can be stopped in human form of life. We are all very very special and we are so fortunate that we have this human form. There are so many living entities right now on your desk. There will be a mosquito or there will be an ant or an insect which is crawling, a spider is crawling, which is so unfortunate right now. Because it is does not it is not having the human form to inquire what is spiritual life, what is my existence. But you are also fortunate to sit and understand and hear the message of the Bhagavad Gita. So please, 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 my request, do not waste this human form of life. Human form of life is very special because you can ask this fundamental question. So here, what is birth? When the soul comes in contact with matter, it is called birth. And when the soul is separated from matter, it is called death. As simple as that. Soul coming in contact with matter is birth. Soul disconnecting from matter is called death. But actually, the soul has neither birth nor death. See, just this knowledge, oh, I am the soul and I am not going to die. So wonderful. So nice it is to know that I am not going to die. None of us are going to die. So wonderful it is. Is it not? So, very nicely once uh, this Steve Jobs, the founder uh, of Apple, Apple iPad and everything that we know. So, in his commencement uh, speech at Stanford University, he spoke very well and he shared one of his thoughts. He said that how every single day Steve Jobs stands in front of the mirror and he asks himself, if today happens to be my last day, then what will I do? If today happens to be my last day, then what will I do? And he told the students, I beg you, you keep asking this question every single day to yourself. And I'm sure that one day, this will become true. Because one day, we all have to face that. Because one single day, we don't know which day it is, but that will be our last day. So all of us should understand, when I say the last day, it is the last day of this body. Not the last day of the soul, because there is no last day for the soul. The soul is so nice. So Krishna is saying, Why do you laugh it again? When the body is going to anyway die, anyway it's going to take birth, again it's going to die. So don't worry, why do you have to worry? 
what you people are speaking, how you are all looking. You see, I'm able to perceive that. You Vetta in the middle state. And at the point of death, Krishna is saying, again, Avdetta Nidhana Neva Nidhana. At the point of death, that which had come from Avdetta has again become Avdetta in the end. So what is there? It was Avdetta in the beginning and in the end. Only in the interim state, we are now Vetta. We are able to perceive the soul. But in the before Adi and at the point after that, we are unable to perceive the soul. So this is how Krishna is very nicely explaining that the soul is actually Avjakta in the beginning, Avjakta in the end. Only in the interim state, it is we are able to see it. I'll give you another very simple analogy here. Let's understand this. Let's understand this. See when there is a barren land or I should say a big plot, it is all empty and nothing is there except for few trees. What happens is, when people start working, when there is a big builder who comes and says, oh this is a very beautiful place and uh, of course in Mumbai it's very hard to find a big place like that, especially in the city, but then still, you know if you can find a big place and a builder sees, oh this is wonderful. So what happens that plain land, slowly, which was absolutely nothing there, the building will start cropping up. Tuck, 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 floor after floor after floor. The building that is coming up, it is all made up of what? Same earthly elements only. Earth material only that is what is coming up there. So in the initial stage, before the building, it is objecta. But the building when it is building up, it is becoming vecta. And after 150 years or 100 years or so, the building will again collapse, it will again become objecta. So it was objecta, it became vecta and again objecta. So this is exactly what is happening to our body also. So why lament for such a thing? See we don't lament when we are experiencing pain in a dream. See in a dream, there is a tiger that is chasing you. Just imagine, Dave, you are in a deep sleep and suddenly you get a dream and then there is a tiger that is chasing you. You are so horrified. It is very painful. You are thinking, oh, I am going to die. And the tiger is coming closer and closer and closer and then it pounces upon you. And then you out of fear, ah, you scream and you yell. And then when you scream and yell, you actually wake up in your room, you are not in the forest. When you get to know, oh my god, you are just a dream, you feel so nice. But that dream was so real. You were so attached to that dream, that the tiger chasing in the dream, you felt it is true. And in the dream, it was giving you so much of pain. But when you came out of the dream, you are so peaceful. You're so relaxed now. This is exactly what we should know and understand that this current life, although it is appearing so real, see my hand is there, I'm able to touch, I'm able to feel everything. This is the dream. This life that we are calling, oh I'm a human, I'm a Chutanji, I'm Nasya, I'm Veenaji, I'm Vinoji. You know, we are all thinking and we are I'm Pramod, I'm Sam Joseph. We are all thinking that we are this body 
identifying with this body, but actually this life is like a dream. So when you awaken yourself spiritually, then you come out of the dream and you feel so relaxed. Oh my God, it is so wonderful. It is liberating. Why? Because I am not going to die. I have come out of the dream now. So we are all right now in a dream called this body. So we have to come out, we have to break this dream. As long as you are in the dream, the tiger of death will keep chasing you. The tiger of death will keep chasing you. But the moment you wake up, you see there is no tiger. There is no death. So hope this makes it very clear to you and uh, it's very very interesting to know about this. So the dream is unreal, okay? So the dream is unreal, completely unreal. So this is what uh, in the verse number 28 Krishna has explained. So Hina ma'am, please unmute yourself and let's chant the next shloka. It's very very interesting, okay? Okay, so let's chant this 29th shloka and we will continue our discussion from there, okay? And I will also uh, take your question from us very soon. Uh, during this verse itself, I will try to explain. Along with this verse, I will touch upon your question as well. Okay. So the shloka is very beautiful. 29th shloka. Ashcharyavat pashyati kashchit enam Ashcharyavat pashyati kashchit enam Ashcharyavat vadati tataiva chanya Ashcharyavat vadati tataiya chanya Ashcharyavat chainam anyashunoti Ashcharyavat chainam anyashunoti Shutva penam vedana chaiva kashit Shrutvapi enam veda nakaya shashchit. Wonderful. Let's do that once again. Let's do the translation. Please repeat. Some look on the soul as amazing. Some look on the soul as amazing. Some describe him as amazing. Some describe him as amazing. And some hear of him as amazing. And some hear of him as amazing. While others, while others, even after hearing about him, even after hearing about him, cannot understand him at all. Cannot understand him at all. Thank you so much. So, another very, very, very interesting. And you see, this whole shloka is so beautiful. Multiple times. The word Ascharya, Ascharyavat, Ascharyavat is being used in this particular sloka. Ascharya, Ascharya means what? Amazing, very uh, fascinating. So this soul, for many many people, it's very fascinating. Some people, they see the soul as amazing, Ascharyavat. Pashyati. Pashyati means to see. And there are some Ashcharyavat Vadati Tathaiva Chanyam. Some describe Vadati. Vadati means to describe the soul as very amazing. 
and then ashcharya chainam anna shunoti shunoti means listen to hear and there are people who hear about the soul and they feel very amazing so this whole process with dealing of the soul and understanding of the soul is very amazing all put together just imagine this soul is so minute i explained to you the size of the soul in the previous session it is 1 by 10000 the tip of the hair 1 by 10000 part of the tip of the hair that is the size of the soul extremely minute and this minute spirit soul within us is animating the big whale in the ocean it is animating the big elephant in the forest it is animating the big giraffe in the forest it is also animating a small amoeba it is animating the small bacteria it is also animating so many microbes so every living entity is actually getting its power for animation because of the presence of the soul so minute particle a spiritual particle a spirit soul is actually giving us the life force right now we are all able to interact with each other because of that minute spirit soul within us so wonderful so wonderful so how amazing it is just imagine and very interestingly some acharyas from great acharyas have also mentioned that how the spirit soul is not alone in the heart there is also the super soul within the heart so actually it is the super soul the parmatma the supreme consciousness he is the one who is enabling me to speak right now it is he it is he who is enabling you to hear the sound that i am creating so every action is being enabled actually by the parmatma within the heart and very interestingly just see how amazing it is the parmatma within my heart is inspiring me to speak and the same parmatma within your heart is sitting and inspiring you to hear isn't it amazing so the lord is so amazing that he is doing all these interactions between us sitting inside us and it is so amazing so we should know that this soul one swami prabhupad also you know he was uh, giving a session in us in american to some of his american disciples and then uh, he was saying i am not this body i am a spirit soul and then all the disciples thought oh because swami ji is quite elevated she is not the body she is soul but we are all body soul because that is how many people are so attached to the body they just don't want to think that we are the soul because all through our education we have only been taught that how i am this body in our education we have not taught that yes there is an existence beyond this body so that is why we are it's very difficult to break this perception very very difficult to break this perception that is why at very end we should understand this and i am really happy that last year and they come as they are all coming together at very engaged they are all hearing this wonderful this will really help them going forward in their life because it is so wonderful now. so then many times many disciples of swami prabhupada also have uh, you know they have mentioned this when prabhupada saw them he saw through them what it means 
saw through them means that he just did not see their body, but he saw through their body and actually saw the spirit soul. There was a time when uh, Prabhupada, once he was in the garden, he was doing his chanting, and one of uh, his disciples, he was also chanting. And then there was a small millipede which was moving, and which was, you know, moving across. And then this disciple was trying to move away from the millipede. And then Prabhupada looks at that disciple and says, "Please chant some Hare Krishna for the millipede as well. Even that will get liberated and liberated." So he was so compassionate. He always saw the soul, even in a small millipede and many many other creatures. So that is a pandita. Pandita means he sees every living entity with equal vision. He sees a tree, an insect, an elephant, a human, a dog, a cat as soul. He will never differentiate between the bodies. So that is a pandita. That is a self-realized soul. So we should understand it. Very very important. So this whole thing is very very special, and that is why many people describe this soul as amazing. You know, there are some people in Sarvaguna; they make things happen. There are some people in Rajaguna who see things happen, and people in Tamaguna there are the people who wonder what happened. So you decide in what category you want to be. Actually, you are all very sattvic because already you are listening to Bhagavad Gita, and all that goodness is already coming into you. So that is really, very really wonderful. But I want to make it very clear here because it is very important to know. And this will also touch upon the question that was asked by Pramod earlier. See, the real problems of life is not oh I don't have money. It is not that I don't have well good education. The problem of life is not that oh I don't have a car, I don't have an apartment. No, these are not the problems. The real problems of life are birth, old age, disease, and death. Janma, mrityu, jara, vyadi. The real problems of life. I have explained this before also that how birth is a problem. Just imagine if you are tied up in an airtight bag for few minutes, you will suffocate because you cannot breathe. But the child within the mother's womb is there in that airtight bag for nine months, and that to turn upside down, the head is down, and then there are small, small insects which are biting the soft, soft skin of the baby inside the mother's womb. There is so much of malamutra in the mother's womb. So, in that condition, it is a very painful situation for the child in the mother's womb. The Vedas describe this. So, more than the mother who is delivering the baby, it is the pain of the child which is extreme. And that is when we all, when we were in our mother's womb, we all have prayed and we promised the Lord, "My Lord, please take me out of this hell." And I will come and serve you when I come out. We all have promised. We have given this promise to the Lord. But what happens is, the moment we come out of the mother's womb, we forget this promise because now we are surrounded by loving parents who will say, "Oh, chiku chiku, you are so cute, you are so beautiful, you are so wonderful," and then you start smiling. And when you start smiling, your relatives will become happy. But that is when the problem begins. Your small child is having. Continuous crying, you know, the child is crying again and again. The mother thinks, "Oh, the child is hungry. Let me feed." 
And it is she's feeding the child, but it is still crying. Why? Because the child is unable to explain to the mother, mother, it's not that I'm hungry, I want to be full, but the ant is biting me. Please take off that ant from my body. See, it cannot explain, it cannot speak, the pain is there. The child doesn't want to go to school. I'm sure last year and day they don't want to go to school. But still, they are forced to go to school. They don't want homework, but they are given homework. They don't want assignments, they are given assignments. They don't want examination, but they are given examination. Like that, if you analyze your whole life, it is only problems of the problem of the problem. The gap between two problems is what we call as happiness. The gap between two problems is what we call as happiness. An intelligent person should think, oh my god, birth is a problem. That is a problem. Nobody wants to die. That is a great problem. Root cause of all the pain and fear. Old age. Nobody wants to become old and grow old. That's why this whole cosmetic industry is growing so much. Wrinkle free creams and this cream and that cream to make you look young. So much, but still you will become old one day. Still the wrinkles will come, you will be forced. Disease, nobody wants, but you see, one after another, Corona is come. You find a vaccination for Corona, something else will come later. So, all these things cannot be stopped. So, these are the real problems. Birth, old age, disease, death. But interesting thing, these four things are not applicable to the soul. The soul is not taking birth. The soul is not going to die. The soul is not going to get disease. And the soul is not going to become old. So wonderful, so amazing. All that was applicable to the body is not applicable to the spirit soul. So wonderful. So now when Pramod is asking me a very interesting question which we had discussed in the earlier session. Very interesting scientific formula for reincarnation. Dave you mentioned earlier. What is the law of conservation of energy? Energy is neither created not destroyed, but energy get transformed from one form to another form, isn't it? So similarly, right now Pramod, you have a certain energy within you, in your body, I have a certain body, so this energy is actually coming from the soul. So this energy, according to science, is neither created nor destroyed, but this is going to get transferred from this form of Pramod to some other form in the next life. So there is no cessation, there is no death to the soul. So wonderful. That is why the soul is so amazing. So we should understand and study more and more about this soul. So let's uh, go and understand little more about the soul in the next uh, sloka, very interesting sloka. And uh, let me see who is there today. Okay, Vinodji is over there. So let me call upon Vinodji and let's chant this very beautiful and nice sloka, the 38th sloka. Yes. Dehinityam avadhyoyam. Dehinityam ayodhyam. Dehe sarvasya bharata. Dehe sarvasya bharata. Tasma sarvani bhutani. Tasmat sarvani bhutani. Natvam sochitum arhati. 
you have only created problems in your mind they are all mentally created by you but in actuality in reality these problems do not exist so why worry if you carefully analyze most of the problems are created in the mind most of the problems they are they do not even exist in reality most of the time people are anxious they lament because something that has happened in the past they think of the past oh in the past i lost my, my necklace in the past i lost my bike that gives them fear or they will be thinking about the future what will happen to me in the future will i become a professional will i become this or that so either your mind is in the past or in the future so none of these things are actually reality and actuality now but thinking of them you will become worrisome you will become only lamenting all the time about certain things krishna is saying don't worry this should be the principle of life don't worry and this state of don't worry will come only when you know your true identity as a spiritual if you want to take away all the problems of life please understand that you are a spiritual when you start understanding you theoretically accept that yes i am a spiritual most of your problems will just evaporate it will just evaporate they will not even be there in your life I hope I hope that you are all uh, wanting to get that experience that it is possible. I'm telling you, it's very much possible. It's an amazing thing. So, with this verse number thirty, we have actually finished the second section where Krishna has now told Arjuna all that has to be understood about the soul. Many more things we will understand going forward. but krishna has touched upon many different aspects of the soul how the soul is indestructible how the soul is nitya how the soul cannot be destroyed so many many things you know that arjuna does not have an iota of doubt he doesn't have he should not have any iota of doubt that we are spirit soul and not this body so this is very interesting and this is the foundation for spiritualism all the different concepts that we are going to discuss in the bhagavad gita going forward will actually be based on this concept of the soul actually it's not a concept it is a reality called soul only when we know that yes we are soul all other things like karma and all the material energy property everything will be very easy to understand so that is why krishna has stressed so much on this particular thing that you are not the body you are the soul very very important very extremely important so another very interesting shloka and i want to touch upon this and then i will take uh, question answer i will completely open up for question answer one more words for today and let's discuss this word is very interesting and uh, let's chant this so I'll give another chance to Lasya because she was not there last session. So can you please uh, unmute and repeat this shloka? Swadharmam apichaviksha. Swadharmam apichaviksha. Navikamvitumarhasi. Navikamvitumarhasi. धर्मयाद्धि युद्धच्छ्रेयोम्यां 
so the intrinsic property the inseparable property of sugar is sweetness it cannot be separated from it similarly fire you take fire fire has a property of giving light and giving heat so the two intrinsic inseparable quality of fire is to give heat and to give light so the dharma of fire is what the dharma of fire is to give heat and light have you seen any fire which does not give heat and light if you want to experiment you can experiment you just take any fire either candle fire or fire on the stove you see any fire they will have these two properties of giving heat and light so what it means heat and light are intrinsic inseparable quality of fire without these two characteristics fire has no meaning so now when i and you we are all spirit soul we are spirit soul what is that intrinsic inseparable quality of our spirit soul does our spirit soul also have a dharma what is that dharma just like fire dharma is to give heat and light sugar dharma is to give sweetness then as a spirit soul what is my dharma what is that intrinsic inseparable quality the scripture says that is the to serve and to love the intrinsic inseparable quality of the soul is to love and to serve this is the dharma this is actual religion of the soul you see any living entity it will do these two things to love and serve you take a dog it will love and it will serve it is serving its master it is loving its master even the wildest animals the lion and tiger although very ferocious it will love its cubs is it not and it will love its cubs so love is there also you take birds there are some birds called also as love birds is it not they love and they are also serving you take our politicians in big big lectures they bashan they will say hum aapki seva mein hain hum is janta priya janta priya hum adhikari hai so i love my nation and i want to serve all of you they may also say but they do not do that that's another thing but anyway to love and to serve is intrinsic inseparable quality whether you are indian african american japanese chinese australian indonesian anything you can be but this is an intrinsic inseparable quality this is the true religion of the soul to serve and to love but right now this dharma is directed towards temporary material things and people i love my things i love my father and mother with essential but they are all directed to temporary things and temporary so what spirituality is doing here what bhagavad gita is teaching us is to redirect our swadharma of the soul to love and to serve that supreme lord krishna this tendency this tendency that we have to love and serve has now should now be redirected towards krishna otherwise we are all loving you see in america because they are all nuclear families in fact there are no nuclear families also 
they are only people who are single and because they are single they don't have anyone to love at home they keep dogs not one dog they will have a family of dogs why because they want to show their love that is there our intrinsic nature to love so this is true religion anybody who is teaching us to serve and love god is a true religion it is not simply so called hinduism christianity or islam true religion will teach us how to love and how to serve that is the swadharma of the soul of the spirit soul so this is the swadharma of the soul to love and to serve intrinsic inseparable quality let us understand the swadharma at the bodily platform so very beautifully krishna in the fourth chapter 13 word krishna is saying chatur varnam mahasrishtam gunakarma vibhagata krishna is saying that he has created this varna and ashrama system there are four varnas there are brahmana kshatriya vaishya shudra and four ashrama brahmachari grihastha vanaprastha sanyasi so four ashramas and four varnas is what forms this society brahmana intellectual class of people the brain of the people the brain of the society is called the brahmana kshatriyas one who protects or one who defends one who are into administrative position the arms of the body arms of the society kshatriyas vaishya the merchantal class the business class though these are the vaishya class who protect the cow and krishi they protect the agriculture so these are the stomach stomach of the society the business class and then there is shudra class shudra class means the legs of the society one who takes the orders of the abhavadri classes they are there are skillful people they are very skillful in certain things they cannot think but they can do a lot of skillful things so now this is how the society is divided brahmana kshatriya vaishya shudra and according to our inclination we need to work but today unfortunately what is happening in today's modern education system everybody is forced to either become an engineer doctor if you don't become an engineer or doctor you are a failure especially in india if my son if our children do not become engineer or doctor then they are failures this is the idea that we have this has to change krishna is saying that these things the society is based on guna karma vibhagasa based on one's characteristics guna and his actions karma his inclinations they have to be directed but today modern education system puts everybody into the same system common entrance exam everybody has to write a common entrance exam there is a situation like you call a monkey you call a elephant you call a fish you call a turtle and then there is a common entrance exam what is the common entrance exam who will climb the tree first obviously the monkey is the one who will quickly go and climb the tree first but it is unfair isn't it because the monkey has its own guna and karma elephant is having its own guna and karma the elephant may not climb the tree but the elephant can actually pull down the tree it has the strength 
so what has happened in modern education system is somebody has a natural inclination for music but he is asked to become a engineer he will go crazy why many students and children are dissatisfied today is because parents do not identify the inclinations of the children children have a certain inclination the guna and karma which is not identified and then they are told go you become this you become that and based on the societal pressure they are supposed to become something which they don't like to be do you think that child will be happy never he will be happy and that is what has happened to many most of us that we wanted to become something but we were forced and we were asked to become something else and when our guna and karma is completely not in alignment with what we are doing it creates lot of dissatisfaction and this is the reason why many people are dissatisfied here. they are doing something against their inclinations against their passion but just imagine if somebody acts in line with his passion he will be really very happy and satisfied although he may earn little less money but he will be very satisfied many people are in the c suit CEOs and CFOs and CTOs, they may be earning a lot of money, but they are still dissatisfied. Why? Because it is against their passion, against their inclination. So, especially those parents who are listening and understanding this, please identify what is your child's nature, and that is what the Gurukul system used to do earlier. Arjuna was not taught. anything other than archery or anything other than military science because it was his nature to be a kshatriya it is his nature to be a kshatriya and that is why krishna is saying here oh arjuna oh arjuna you are a kshatriya and as a kshatriya please perform your duty krishna is saying that it is a dharma yuddha dharma yati yuddha shreya nyaya you had asked me earlier what is shreya for me in the seventh verse Krishna, you tell me, Nishchitam Guru, he tell me, what is the real shreya for you? I am telling you, as a Shatriya, the real shreya for you is to fight this Dharma Yudha. That is what, as a Shatriya, you are supposed to do, to do protect. And if you don't fight, just imagine, Krishna, Arjuna told, no, uh, Krishna, it's uh, very painful, I don't want to fight. And Krishna also told, oh Arjuna, it's true. Why should we kill all these people? Let's go for a nice ride. So on the beach, battlefield, instead of fighting, if Krishna would have just taken Arjuna to some other place, to some forest, say, oh, let's go and have nice fun on a long ride, we'll go. What would happen? Duryodhana will create a chaos in the whole society. He will disturb the society. What happened to Draupadi alone will now happen to many many women in the society. So that is why Krishna is saying, Arjuna, you are a Shatriya and you should fight. so that what your wife has experienced not the other women of the society should actually be exploited duryodhana will create this create this disturbance in the society that is why violence has its place it has its utility we should not think that there should not be violence we should not be the propagators of non violence no violence has its utility Are we not committing violence every day? When you take the vegetables and eat, are we not killing the vegetables? 
it's violence. You take the milk, it's violence against the cow. You can consider it like that. You take honey, it's violence against honeybees. They are working so hard. You take silk from silkworms, it is violence against silkworms. But violence is there everywhere. Can we avoid violence? No. Just because there is violence, do we have to stop doing all these things? No. We should understand violence in the right, right understanding. Suppose if there are people who have committed a rape or he has committed a murder, should he be punished or not punished? No, no, no. If you punish him, then he will experience a lot of pain. So a lot of these humanitarian people will come. These people, uh, uh, you know, people who promote humanity, they'll come and say, no, 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 we should not give capital sentence to these people. And that's why Nirbhaya case, it took so many years. Dandaniti has to be followed. Giving punishment is also very important. Although it is painful, but it is important. If there is no punishment, there is no law and order in the society. So Krishna is telling, you need to fight Arjuna because you have to create law and order in the society. So punishment is important. Dandaniti has to be followed. So there are a lot of people, and this was an actual situation in Russia, where they, the the Orthodox Church in Russia, they said Bhagavad Gita is a book of violence. It is promoting violence. What nonsense it is. No, it is not a book of violence. It is actually telling you, Swadharma, it is talking about your true duty. Although Krishna is talking about violence, but that violence is an essential violence. So, any contempt against Bhagavad Gita should not be tolerated. So here that is why this is a very important test that Arjuna is facing right now. It's a very big test for Arjuna. Now because he is a Kshatriya, he is a great warrior, his fighting skills will be tested on this battlefield. Extremely important. So you see, there are so many beautiful things Krishna has explained here and uh, we need to really apply this principle as much as possible, understand what is our true religion and start, start making some lifestyle changes so that we start getting closer to the Supreme Law. Extremely important. Alright, so we have got uh, hope so that some good uh, food for thought for the next one week. So keep contemplating on all the thoughts that we have discussed, very important points. Let me take questions now. I have a lot of questions on uh, Open Talk as well and Pramod and everybody else, I am going to take all the questions. Just stay on. I just want to take up the sequence of questions that are there on Google Meets right now. And since I have some time, I will definitely take your questions on Open Talk as well. So let me take some questions if there are any here. So Dave is asking, Prabhuji, we will rejoin in 10 minutes, okay, no problem. No problem, okay. So they could rejoin. Yes. Vinod is asking, what happens to the soul after moksha? So what happens is, just like I gave you an example of, you know, having a dream. So in a dream, you are visualizing I am a king and in a dream you are visualizing that you are moving across the world, you are having a world tour, you are having a lot of fun in the dream. But when you wake up, that reality is gone. So what happens now is, this whole life is a dream and when you actually wake up from this dream and go to the spiritual world, moksha, then you will have an amazing experience 
to be with Krishna, to eat with Krishna, to play with Krishna, to enjoy with Krishna, to dance with Krishna. Nitya Leela is happening. You are with the Lord and you can enjoy all these things that you are doing right now with your family. You are enjoying with your family, right? You eat with them, you, you nicely enjoy with them, you play with them. All these interactions between your family members gives you lots of pleasure. Now, this family life is actually the perverted reflection of the actual family that we have in the spiritual world. So we should not think that there are no families there in the spiritual world. No, it is there. Because it is there in the spiritual world, it is there in the material world. Anything that is not there in the actual object, it cannot be in the reflection. Bimba and Pratibimba. A reflection in the mirror cannot have a watch if the subject itself does not is not wearing a watch. So reflection will have everything that is there in reality. So all these families, these relationships that we see in this world is there in this world because it is there in the spiritual world. Because this world is a reflection. So now what happens is all that you are doing here, after moksha, you will be doing it with the spiritual family. What a wonderful thing. And in that spiritual family, there is no separation. Vinodji is so wonderful now. Here in this family, we lose people. We have to sometimes forcibly take away. You know, they are taken away from us. But in that spiritual world, there will be people, we have a family which is going to be eternal with us. Oh, what an amazing thing that is. So that is moksha and that is what we are looking for. To rejoin with our eternal families. Don't we have to do that? Yes, we need to do that. Just like, you know, when uh, you are traveling, you know, when you are traveling in a train from one place to another place, suppose you are coming from Mumbai to Bangalore, and then as you are getting closer to Bangalore, you will not sit. You will be so excited, you will be going near the door, the compartment, the bogey door and trying to see, peep out and see oh, what's happening, Bangalore is coming or what. You are so excited. So in that way, you should be now excited because you are in the human form. You are getting closer to the spiritual world. Come on, let's wind it up. Let's wind up this material life and go to the spiritual world. So rejoin with our wonderful family. Let's do that in this human form. So that is what will happen when we get moksha. So Vinodji uh, Rasim, if there is God inside all of us, then why people commit genius crimes? Ah, very important question. So there is something called as free will. Vinodji, there is the Supreme Lord is called Swarat. Swarat means completely independent. You see, because Krishna is Swarat, completely independent, and we are part and parcel of that Supreme Lord who is completely independent, we also have a minute independence. And that minute independence which we have as a spirit soul, Krishna will not interfere with that. Krishna will not interfere with your free will. There cannot be love if there is no free will. You have to ask me this question again, Vinodji, in one of our future sessions because I am going to touch upon this free will. It's a very beautiful concept, but I want to give a context to it. 
so that we can understand more better. But we have a free will, and Krishna never interferes with that free will because he is very compassionate. We will understand this a little more in detail in our future session because it needs some context. So Dev is asking how to find our guna to align it with our karma. So Dev and actually even Dasya also because they are quite end and this case they need to understand what is their inclination. If you want to know what is your inclination, you have to talk to me in person. Because in discussion, only when I understand you better, I can at least help and identify what is your true intuition. And then you can start working around it. Okay? So if you want to know more about it, if you want to understand more about your inclination and your passions, then you need to talk in person and give me a call anytime, then I think we can understand it more better. Okay, Dave? Okay. So, Achyutanji is asking, is soul life exactly? Achyutanji, you are right. Because soul is what is actual life. This body is not life. Body has no life. Body has life because the soul is there within us. But the moment the soul leaves, which is life, the life leaves from this body, the body falls dead. You see, this is what happens. So, absolutely, the soul itself is life. Ah, but by the way, when I say life, it is a life force. It doesn't mean soul is the life between uh, your birth till death. Not that life in understanding. When I say soul is life, I mean soul is a life force. That force which animates all this life between birth and death. So that is what the soul is called. It's an electrifying. Without electricity, nothing works. No gadgets or nothing, no other uh, electrical equipment you want. Electricity is what actually gives the life force to the electrical equipment. So similarly, this whole body gets electrified because of the soul. The soul is the animating force. So hope that uh, answered your questions as well. So I have some wonderful questions here on Open Talk as well. So my dear devotees on uh, Google, if you have any more questions, you can feel free to ask. If not, then I am really thankful that you could join today as well. And I am going to meet you again next Sunday. Okay? I am going to take some questions on Open Talk. If you want to continue and listen to the questions here, it is your uh, uh, it is your free will. <laughs> and you can continue to listen if you want to exit and you want to continue with your work we'll definitely get back again next Sunday and I will be sharing the recorded session of the previous session as well as today's session very soon so now I will take some questions on open talk and let me take and uh, anyone want to continue here on Google you can continue it's your choice alright I see I'll take them later okay because you go ahead let's see I'll take a question I'll take a question Okay. Okay. So just tell me one thing. Actually, in this uh, distress time of the lifestyle, okay, the lifestyle of a people has totally different. Okay. Even no people are getting time to even go through the Gitas, even the Ramayanas, even uh, any of the spiritual things. So how do you find the spiritualism in India? It is going to exist for a long time, or it is going to die? Okay. So since this is the the beginning of the Kali Yuga, and uh, we are right now 5200 years into Kali Yuga. The total 
span of Kaliuga is 4,32,000 years. So there are about 4,27,000 more years yet to come. And spirituality, actually this is the golden period of the Kaliuga. It is called the Kaliuga the Satyuga. So right now we are in the Kaliuga the Satyuga. So we are very very fortunate to be in this time frame of Kaliuga. But as Kaliuga progresses, there are going to be very horrific things that will come up. And spirituality will now increase. It is going to increase for the next 10,000 years. It is going to reach its peak. But after 10,000 years, the Kali, uh, Kali's influence will become very more, much more and gradually spirituality will start dwindling down. So that is after 10,000 years. So at least for the next uh, uh, 10,000 years we have lots of hopes. But after that, it's going to be terrible. It's going to be terrible. So uh, that is how uh, there are, and yes, Ram Gopal is already here and he had a question earlier. So when we got stuck to take decision, then what should we do? So actually decision making becomes very very simple when you have knowledge. But since proper knowledge is not there, that's why we are unable to discriminate between what is right and what is wrong. So when you have a proper knowledge about, oh this is what is good and this is what is not good. So Bhagavad Gita, what it does is, it tells you this is good and this is not good for you. So when you know what is good, then it will be a very good inspiration for you to perform action. See many people, uh, since, uh, since childhood they are eating non-vegetarian food. They don't know whether it is good or bad. They just know that it is very tasty and they are just going on eating. But when you get an idea, oh it is not actually good for me, then it becomes very clear for you whether you should eat or not. So that is how knowledge helps. Unless people don't have knowledge, it becomes very difficult to take decisions. Extremely difficult to take decisions. So if you want to ramp up your knowledge, then you need to keep listening to such wonderful talks. Uh, either here on Tafri or many great people are there who are sharing this wonderful knowledge of, of spirituality. Only then, actually decision making itself is a topic in itself and I definitely want to touch upon and I will have a session on decision making itself because there are so many beautiful points I want to uh, discuss on decision making and I am going to have that very soon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. But I, uh, yeah, even 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 I have just uh, given the messages on Telegram to you, okay? And I hope uh, I, I I will get the responses from your side. Okay, wonderful. I'm going to respond to you, and uh, for evening I will send you a link. If you are free, you can please please join. And today evening we are talking about karma. We are all discussion today at 6 p.m. It's a live chat. It's a video chat on Google Meets. Uh, I will send you the link very soon. And we are having a very interesting topic on karma today. So let's discuss this okay, evening. Okay. And we have so many wonderful okay. things to do. Okay, okay. It's nice really talk to you. And even, uh, you know, when uh, people just in, enlighten themselves by the spiritual things, okay? The spiritual things even uh, make you satisfy in the life. Even, even, nothing, even nothing happens in this world that can give you the satisfaction. But the spiritual things that can really give you the satisfaction in this life. So yeah. I'll be very happy and to just connect you on that channel if you just gives me that all ideas. Thank you. Thank you very much to have such kind of conversation.
definitely because very nice talking to you and uh, we'll get in touch very soon okay okay sir okay thank you sir take care sir